Yes, yes. Welcome to another episode of Views from the Box. Nana, how are you doing? Yeah, it's coming from the short international break. Yeah, uh, eight points clear. Ten game shootout coming up, fam. Yeah. Bro, it's ten game stretch. shootout. It's the final stretch. It's the playoff season of the European football season. Every game now matters in the league, in the cup, in the Champions League. This is the period where players win players of the season or players win the Ballon d'Or. This is the period of the season that people normally remember. You know when Ronaldo used to go crazy? He used to be in this time of the season. But let's start with the title race. And look, all I'm going to say is thank God for Pep Guardiola because ever since he's come, we've had more title race in the period that he's been here than in the exact same time period before he came. He had two with Liverpool and now he's having one with Arsenal. How do you see the last 10 games to be fair, it's, out. It's to be fair, and Pepper's up the levels whereby it's a quality title race. Now, yeah, but back in the day, if you got high 80s, yeah, you're you you are basically champions. Now, yeah, high 80s, yeah, don't even guarantee the title, let alone 90 plus 90 plus points. So, he, he's up the levels now. Now, teams are having to perform above and beyond to just to keep first place. But how I see in the final 10 games. Is uh, most important thing is that is an Arsenal science. That's the most important thing. We're in control of our destiny. Um, obviously, main first things first. Dispatch of Leeds. Then we can think about Anfield. Whereby, obviously, assuming that we beat Leeds, we're going to Anfield and just hope that we con- control the game. That's the main thing. If we want to leave Anfield with three points, assuming we beat Leeds, we have to control the game. When we control, yeah. Obviously, we're going to try and. Obviously, we're going to park the defensive line on the halfway line, so we better make them sure that we don't lose the ball in dumb positions if we're going to play that high line at Anfield. So, and when you have your five minutes or ten minutes of craziness, you need to make sure that you don't concede three goals because Liverpool, no matter how bad we've been, yeah. we've shown that if we have ten minutes where we're on fire, we can score three goals, and that just makes the game a lot harder. Now you have to be coming back from yeah. three goals down, and you don't need that. Yeah. Like, like for Anfield, yeah, for Anfield, yeah, we need to make sure we have to score first. We have to score first, well and truly. Once we score first, yeah, the crowd are going to be a bit on edge, and that will gas Liverpool to come and attack us, and we just need to. Touch you guys on the counter, man. So same, same, same memo. Score first, grab your first one, score the first and second goal, and just control the game. And that's how we have to play at Anfield. Nothing too fancy. When we're on top, we have to be clinical. Well and have truly. to. And yeah. I feel like with Arsenal in particular, the players and the fans, they should look at this final 10 games as the first four games and then the next four games after that. The reason why I say that is you have four games until City and if you can go into those four games before City with 12 out of 12 points, that'll be perfect. perfect. Assuming City win the game in hand, that'll be the gap uh, down to five points and if you beat City, you can win it at Brighton. So that's why focus on those first four games, get as much points as possible. I think even 10 points would be all right because if you get 10 points and you beat City, assuming yeah. City win the game in hand, they'll reduce it, but then you can get those points that you lost back. So those four games, you have Leeds, Arth, West Ham and Southampton. They're not, they're not going to be easy games. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, you have yeah. Leeds, West Ham and Southampton all fighting for relegation. You have Liverpool going for the Champions League. Like I said, it's the playoffs of the European football season. Every game matters. But I also want to chat about City because City, say what you want. You made a good point in our last episode. People can say what they want, but they're still in a title race. I think one thing that's going to shake City is either the FA Cup or the Champions League. The reason why I say that is because between assuming City get passed by and, and assuming City uh, make it to the final, even if they don't make it into the finals, even if they get passed by and they'll be playing midweek Fam, almost every United. week. Did they have to free nine in the semis? Is, no, is, but no, but I'm not I'm not I'm not talking about how hard I'm talking about first, I'm talking about Champions League. And second, I'm not talking about how hard the games are gonna be in the Champions League and FA Cup. I'm talking about them playing in the midweek because City. Oh, the league. Talk- oh yeah, that, that Brighton game. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're waiting yeah. Brighton. But but then yeah. again, Brighton don't have the best home form. It, it, does, it doesn't really matter because City have dropped points in eight games this season and in six of them, they've come after a midweek game. Oh, interesting. That is, interesting. What I, that is what I'm getting at. It doesn't matter who City are playing in the midweek. It matters about what's happening on the Saturday. And that's why I made the point, what's gonna, what might potentially shake City if they beat Bayern and they make it to the semi-final of the Champions League. They're going to be playing midweek almost every week. And if we can go based off past history this season... 
City are not good playing after they've played on mid- midweek. So that's also going to be quite important in the title race. Because deeper, before before they play you, they're playing Bayern in between Southampton and Leicester, and then they're playing Bayern in between Leicester and Brighton. Playing, playing Leicester right after Brighton, Leicester might be in bad form, but Leicester still have the tools to get a 1-1 draw like Everton did. Then they're playing Brighton away after Bayern in the Champions League. And Brighton, they might not have the best home form, but if City are not good after a midweek game, the last team you want to play while the top four is Brighton. And this is both before Arsenal. So, look, I'm not, I'm not saying City are going to lose those games or draw those games. They might as well win every single game. There's just something to be wary about. And if it happens, it's not something that we should be surprised oh, about. Yeah. Like, from the Arsenal point of, view, point of things, yeah, I'm just hoping City drop five more points. Either we also help them drop five, them five points by us beating them and, and they draw against you guys. Either way, I don't mind. But I've I'm doing the math here. If City even drop points in one game and Arsenal lose two games and win the rest of year, Arsenal are still champions. So well and truly, it's up to City to be near perfect to win the title. Wait, say that. So if if Arsenal, if Arsenal, but basically assuming we lose against Liverpool and Man City, but win our all remaining games, so win nine, it win eight out of our final ten, and City even drop points once. We're still top with 93 points and they come second with 92. But they they play one more game than you. Hmm? They start to play one more game than you now. I know, but their maximum point they can get is 94. So assuming that they win every other game apart from one game where they might, they might drop points, where they drop points. And if, even if we lose to them and Liverpool, we are top with 93 points and they'll be second with 92. Okay, so they, they have to be near perfect and you can still afford to lose your two games. Yeah, assuming outside those Liverpool and City games, we accumulate maximum points, which is not a guarantee, as we know. Yeah, yeah. Just a, but but you guys have put scenario. yourself, you yeah. guys have put yourself in a very good position. Right? Yeah. I feel like you guys are in a very good position because people used to, people always use the excuse, and I feel it's a valid excuse to use this with Liverpool. If this player gets injured, if that player gets injured, if this player gets injured. But one thing also I've done this season, which is really impressive and is not spoken about, and it's something that the City teams did, it's something that Liverpool did when we won the league. You have 14 different goal scorers this season in the Premier League, the most out of everyone. You mm-hmm. have three players and you have two players in double digits, three players, I believe. Odegaard in double digits, yeah. Yeah, three. so you have three players in double digits, the most in the Premier League. You are your goals are being spread across the team, and we had that when we won the league as well. City have had that throughout Pep's career, and I feel like that's good for Arsenal because going into the last 10 games, one player might get injured. For me, I think the most important player who would affect you the most, I don't think it will affect you, affect you the most is Bukayo Saka. He's been brilliant, but you still have goal threats from uh, to all be fair, over the there, there are three players that Arsenal can't afford to be injured Saka, Partey, and Saliba. Them three. I, I, I feel like Partey is... I used to think Partey was important, but you saw when he got injured, you guys didn't miss him as much. Yes, your results might have changed, but I don't think in terms of how you played, especially on the ball, which is what really shaked off from before when Partey I know, I know, but, but injured. Off the ball, but you've, you used to, you've mitigated you want, that. You don't want Jorginho running back to his, to his goal yeah, against the likes of Nottingham Forest away or Newcastle away or even Liverpool. Good. That no, those are, those are, those are yeah. good points to be fair. Like, those like are good, good for a two three game period here, whereby you're coming up against mid table sides who don't have that much on the, on the counter. But for those type of games, away to Newcastle, Liverpool, City, even at home to Brighton or away to Nottingham Forest, you don't want Jorginho running towards his own goal. Fam. It's a, it's a massacre. Like he knows where to be here, but he ain't got the legs to be there. Yeah, he don't have the physicality yeah. to do what his brain wants him to do. Yeah. So so, so yeah, those three players here is. We need fit for these final ten games, especially Saliba and Partey, because Saliba, because of Tom Yashi being out for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. Now you can't have down, yeah. you can't have White as centre back. You, you need to drop him as right back. And not not people, people people try to say holding a decent game in Palace here. It was still shaky, fam. Like if Palace were better, they get a yeah. result. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If 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 Palace were born job, um. Yeah, they, they get a result. Before, before you scored, Wolf Zaha was getting a bit too much joy and he was getting joy down that side. So, let's let's see. I think Saliba should be fit for the Leeds game. But... Um, Based on, like, officially, no one knows if he's fit or not. Yeah. But some people are, are, are whispering he might, he, he's a, he, it's a race against time to be fit for Liverpool. 
So no one really knows the truth in it, but it's just hearing whispers here and there. But no, look, let's see. Let, let's see how you guys will uh, come back against Leeds. I feel like back as interview saying that you guys are ready and he's showing this season how ready he is to carry off on his back and the whole team has that mentality. I feel like, look, it's going to be a very good last 10 games. But let's quickly touch on City because City are going to play Liverpool, Liverpool away. And look, and as much as you want us to do a favour, we we're both yeah, really I'm, not, I'm not expecting anything. Yeah. We're not expecting anything, but what do you think City will have to do or what would have to change from City for City to actually win this league? Like, considering Arsenal dropped the points, what changes would we have to see from City for them to capitalise on that? Now, based on what I said earlier, where I said, um, even if, as long as City drop points one more time and Arsenal win the remaining games and just win 8 out of 10, Arsenal champions, City just need to pray that they have to win every game to, to even... Basically, I know they have to win every game. I mean, like, what changes do we have to see from City for them to actually be able to win every game? Because we haven't tactically, in, term, in terms of tactically from Pep, in terms of output from players, we haven't seen that much consistency from City for them to go on those ones that they normally yeah. go on. So what stopped them from being, as, from being as deadly as they used to be is clinical. Like, if, if Harlan is not putting them in the lead yet, it's a bit like who, who's going to score the goals, but see, you think it's more clinical if, if, if they're winning the title because if they go one up against most teams and get a second goal quickly, the game's pretty much done. It's that second goal that they struggle to yeah. get, that, so, that's where the draws have come from. Yeah, they, they, they start killing games off quicker, and that's what's really affected them this season. They haven't been able to kill off games quickly as they, as they, as they usually would have back in, back in recent years. For example, away to Nottingham Forest. Two maybe two three seasons ago, that that instead of one one year, that ends like a four nil or five nil. Yeah. Uh, um, how yeah, they, how they played how they played against Bournemouth in the game after the Nottingham Forest or two games after Nottingham Forest is how they should have played in the Nottingham Forest. You go one nil up, you dominate your next chance, make sure it's two yeah. 0 and, and that's what also been good at this season. Where everything go one up, we managed to get that second goal whereby we're now in total control, and it's it's about controlling the game. So that's that's what's affected City negatively this season, not being able to get a second goal. In terms of tacti- tactically, ta- tactical wise, they're still as good as ever. The main, their main problem has been application this season, which as a, as a, as a coach, yeah, not much you can do. <laughs> You've got your players into the, in these attacking positions here, but they're not making the most of it. Not much and, you can do. And the players just need to pattern up. And even defensively, yes, you can talk about tactically. I feel like the only tactical miss out that Pep has is the fact that he always changes his back four. However, I do feel that sometimes City, the players themselves just make silly amateur errors that they don't need to make and it just leads to big chances or goals conceded. I'm pretty sure Edison is one of the biggest offenders in the whole league with uh, errors leading to goals. It's not not errors leading to goals, like he's failed to prevent four goals, like he's underperforming his his save save percentage. It's not even that. Like underperforming your save percentage, fair enough. Like well, some people not, have not, that. It's not fair enough if 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 you're playing for a top club firm. That's bad. No, but the thing is, some teams or some keepers have that, or they have a stretch where they have that, where they just in terms of saving shots, they don't do as well as they can. And to be fair, with those with those uh what's it called with those chances, sometimes I feel like those XGs again are a bit harsh because I used to see Kepa's one. I'm just like I can't like Kepa wasn't never gonna save that. But stuff like where he's passing it to the opposition striker or passing it to a defensive midfielder when a striker is pressing him, I feel like those are mistakes that he's doing consistently and could affect City a lot more than him underperforming his XGA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, but for City, uh, they're, they're not controlling it. They're watching to see. Also, basically, for City to, to regain control in this title race, Arsenal to drop points in more than two games. Well and truly. Yeah. It's out of their hands at the moment. The best yeah. they can do is be Arsenal and apply the pressure. That's the best they can do. Between the between the Liverpool game and the Arsenal game, they need to make sure that every league game at least they win every yeah. single yeah. game yeah. and then be Arsenal. That's yeah. the that's the best they can do that's to the give them the yeah. best yeah. The give basic. them the best chance. Basic, basic on the basic level, see after every game and hope that Arsenal drop points here and there. And that's how they can win the title. But if City drop points at least one more time outside of them playing Arsenal, Arsenal I think can... the title's done. Yeah, basically, City in the right type position. They need to be near perfect because yeah, I, I said earlier, if City drop points one more time, 
Arsenal can afford to lose two games, win the rest of the Champions. So basically, a lot, a lot of scenarios could play out. So the game is running out. So come game week, game week um, twenty nine, game week thirty, stipulations may have changed. But as of now, Arsenal can afford to lose two games as long as City drop points at least once. So it's a crazy trade off. But that's assuming Arsenal win the other winnable games. For example, your Newcastle's, your your Brighton's, your Chelsea games. You get where I'm coming from. So a lot of stipulations. There's a lot of banana skins for both yeah. teams. Don't get yeah. it twisted. And I'm and I think there's going to be a sick power race because this is the first time Arteta and a lot of these players, while the ones who've won league titles, have been in this position. And this is also the first time we've seen Pep in this position in the Premier League this late on. I don't. Th- he hasn't been chasing a team this late on ever in the Premier oh, League since Pep has come to Premier He's never chased a team in the final ten games. Exactly. Did you, did you guys want it? Yeah, you guys had had it won by Christmas. Yeah. So it wasn't even a chase that at that point. City were just playing for pride. This is the first time he's he's, he's proper chasing. chasing. And he's having to worry the about the results of, of, of another team. If I'm the Arsenal camp right now, I do not care what City do. I only care. The only time I'll be looking at City is if, oh, they drop points, fair enough. But which team has ever had the privilege in a tight race of City here, whereby you're five points clear with 10 games to go? No one's had that privilege. Right? Eight, eight, it's eight. It's only five if they win the game. I in don't hand. know. Assuming in it, assuming they yeah. win the game in hand, but which Points team on the board? Which team has had that luxury of being of, of needing City more than one point? Even when you guys were going blow for blow, City never even got that luxury of more than a point different. No. So Arsenal just late on. Yeah, no. Arsenal are in a very luxurious position that hopefully they make the most of, because as I said, for me, I. I've broken up the final 10 games into five game blocks. Next five games and the five games after that. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's gearing up nicely. So hope, and hopefully we complete the job. It's gearing up nicely. But do you know what else is gearing up nicely? Like, I said it in passing. And with the recent managerial merry-go-round, the Champions League, bro. Like, I want to start with City versus Bayern, Bayern Munich. Because I felt like, when the draw was made, in my opinion, I thought City were going to go through. I felt that Bayern Munich, yes, they're a very good team. Yes, they can attack and create chances, but they can also be got at. And a team like City, over two legs, if you allow them to get at you for 180 minutes, it can get no, paid. But with the appointment of Thomas Tuchel, who I think at the moment currently is the best cup manager in the world, that gives Bayern a massive chance. And Bayern's team, don't get it twisted, they still have talented players. I know. It's built for Tuchel's system, that 3-4-3. It's, it's built for Tuchel's system. And in terms of favours for the Champions League, that appointment of 2-4 has already put Bayern in a conversation for me. What? How do you think that game is going to pan out? Do you think Tuchel can get one over Pep again? Do you remember he beat them yeah, yeah, to yeah. win his Champions League? Do you think he can or do you think... One thing I would say is that he's given Pep more to think about. I'm sure Pep, yeah, when it was... Not, when it was Nagelsmann that he was going to be versing, he mm. impose our game. If it turns into an end-to-end game, yeah, we back ourselves to blow by in a way. Now, it's going to be a very tactical, ta- tactical game, very very tactical. Um, it won't be a, won't be easy for Man City because I thought City wouldn't blow them away, but now the introduction of Tuchel in the picture, oh, it's hard to call it. It it it's, it, it's from, from it's gone from eighty percent in City's favour. So now a 50-50 could go either way. But one thing that might hurt Bayern or might hurt Tuchel is he has no shooter up top. He's having to rely on you promoting up top. Yeah, having to rely on you promoting is annoying. But the good thing that he has, he has a lot of players who can make something out of nothing. He has Sadio Mane, he has Leroy Sané, he has Jamal yeah, Mane, Sané and, and Gennabri have not been in the best form this season. So, of course not. But in the Champions League, look at when Chelsea won the Champions League. Uh, you, can't, you can't say those players were in the best form. But it was very similar to this buying team where you have a lot of players where, for two three minutes, they can do an absolute madness. Two goals and two goals in a quarterfinal are big, bro. Yeah. Big. So, to be fair, yeah, it's it's gonna be a very tactical game. So it's gonna be hard to call. Instead of the of, instead of City being overwhelming favorites, it's now become a 50-50 affair. And it's going to be a very good game. Very, very good game. It could arguably be the game of the tie. Yeah. In terms gone, of actual game. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's gone from one of the boring ties to now one of the most intriguing. All because of one managerial change, which is crazy. 
But no disrespect to Marcus, man. He's still learning, isn't it? Just that Bayern is very political. And cutthroat as well. Yeah, yeah. Very cutthroat. And I feel like we'll, we'll, we'll speak more on Nagelsmann and the whole uh, manager merry-go-round because I feel like it affects Spurs as well. But not, it's crazy how one manager you're changing can just change the whole dynamic of a, of a European competition. And I know Pep is shook at the moment. Don't get it twisted. Pep yeah. already has one eye on that buying game. And what makes it even more peak, City are playing at home first. City are playing at home first. I don't think... I'm trying to think. I don't think Pep, when he's played like a big team like this, has gone to the team's ground in the second leg and won. Because when he played Liverpool, he came to Anfield first. When he got knocked out by Real Madrid, he went to the Santiago Bernabeu. When they beat PSG, they beat them in the Etihad second leg. So it's 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 a very different dynamic. It's very psychological, and it changes it changes the whole dynamic of the Champions League. But onto the t- two teams that City might potentially play, face in the quarterfinals: Real Madrid and Chelsea. Do you think Chelsea can fraud their way into another semi-final slash final, or do you think Madrid will take care of business? Because I think Madrid are going to take care of business yeah, personally. Yeah. I haven't seen anything from Chelsea that suggests they'll fraud another one. This is something that Potter isn't that type of guy to galvanize this Chelsea no. side to 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 take on Real Madrid. Like he, he ain't got the motivation. He hasn't got the gusto or the he can't g up the players here to feel like they can match Madrid over two legs like Tuchel would have done. Like if Tuchel was like Chelsea, I could say Chelsea might be a problem. Do a thing, yeah. But for Chelsea to go free and Madrid have to capitulate, well and truly, it, it, agreed. It, if Madrid decide to play nonsense over two legs here. Chelsea could, could get through, but even in that Dortmund game, if Dortmund weren't so crap here, they could have easily beaten Chelsea. So, especially in the know. first leg, in the yeah. second leg, Dortmund didn't come to play. But yeah. I feel like with Chelsea, the reason why I feel like they have no chance this time around is because the first Champions League when they won it in 2012, that was literally the legendary team's last dance. Yeah. So they, even though yes, they folded it based on how they played this season, but based on how those players' careers had went, they deserved that Champions League, and they just left everything in the tank. Yeah, so also, like, they had the mentality. Yeah, exactly, built up over many years. So just like, okay, fair enough. When Tuchel won it, they had, like we said, the best cup manager in the world. So they had that was the joker in the pack. I feel now and Kante and Thiago had Hall of Fame seasons. But now they don't they don't have a team with elite mentality and they don't have an elite coach. So the two things that they had for the previous two wins they don't have at the moment. So that's why I feel this time Madrid are gonna dispatch of Chelsea and they're playing Chelsea in in Bernabeu first. But as we saw with Anfield, Madrid don't care which stadium they'll go to your stadium. They went Etihad last season. People are forgetting they went to the Etihad and scored three goals. In a challenging semi-final, that is very impressive. They have shown time and time again, they don't care about your stadium. Last season, they beat Chelsea 3-1. They scored three goals. They scored five goals at Anfield, three goals at the Etihad. They don't care about your stadium, bro. It's actually crazy. Also, for me, it's important that Benzema is fit and firing in these yeah. latter, latter, latter rounds because he turns up for the Champions League nights. Exactly. They Whatever regime they need to put him on, they need to put him on that company regime because the La Liga... That's done. They're not winning. rest them. Exactly. Rest him. Rest him like they did with um, Goku in uh, Dragon Ball Z and make sure that for the Chelsea game and then the potential City slash Bayern game in the semi-final, they're on job. But bro, even though we sp- we've spoken about this a lot, we've spoken about how we wanted this league to rise up and I feel like we need to give this league credit because bro, Three teams in a quarterfinal. There's going to be at least one Italian team in the semi-final, guaranteed. And it's looking like that side of the draw, Napoli are the most likely team to make the final. Like, talk to me about the Serie A because this turnaround is mad. Napoli, they need five more wins to be champions, mm-hmm. which is crazy. They need five more wins to be champions, so they can easily just chill for the for the remaining weeks in Serie A and just focus on the Champions League. But yeah, for Napoli right now, they should be aiming for the final and play the final with no pressure because they aren't the favourites. Just, just enjoy themselves. Like how Arsenal back in 06 weren't, weren't favourites and there was no pressure. It was just about getting to the final and doing, all, and doing their best. Now, so but I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this is different though because. Oh, yeah, with, they, oh, oh, see, this Napoli team is different. They're winning their league. No, no, but, not even that. Not even that because with this Napoli team, this is the first 
season of this Napoli team because they went through that rebuild without Arsenal team. That was like the last dance of your invincible team. Yeah. So that's why I'll say it's a bit different. But if Napoli make the final, because don't get it twisted, they're better than Milan, a lot better than Milan. But we've seen with English teams in the past, how you do in the league does not translate to Champions mm. League. And playing teams in the same league can be a potential banana skin and they might have to do it twice. So yeah, for me, if, if they beat Benfica, but I feel like, yes, I agree with you, Napoli are the most likely team to make the final from that side of the draw, but they should not underestimate Milan at all. Just because they're better than them in the league, they should not try it. Because if they do, Milan will know them out. We, we yeah. still, but Milan's problem is yeah, they struggle to score and, and also concede lots of chances. Like Mangyong is basically a one man one man war at times. So um if like Milan, I wouldn't I, if I'm Milan, I'm not trying to give up many chances to Osimeng or, or Kubicka, otherwise you're gonna hold no. it. And to be fair, Inter are better defensively than Milan this season, but even then Inter was conceded a lot of goals this season. So it's not going to say they will get they'll, they'll get past Benfica in anyway. So yeah, Napoli are still favourites for that side, but if Napoli gets to the final year, um, history is against them. Any every team who's who's played in the modern day in the first ever Champions League final year has lost their first final. City lost their first final. Chelsea, Chelsea lost, their, lost their first final. Arsenal lost their first final. Uh, Atletico, in the Champions League format. Yeah, yeah, modern era and PSG lost their first final. So the omens aren't good for Napoli if they get to the final in, because every newcomer in the final always loses their first game. Uh, and it's peak because on that side of the draw, every single team on that side of the draw has made a final. Because I think the only team who made the Champions League final for the first time and won it in the modern format was Porto, but they were playing another first-time team in the Champions League final. Porto, all four was the second title. So I said modern format. Oh yeah, 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 modern format. Yeah, modern format. Yeah, to be fair, but I think it's a bit of a heritage type thing. Like anyone who's club is against the final for the first of a time yeah they always lose the final it's That's psychological it. yeah it's it definitely psychological it's a weird omen it's a weird omen but hey omens are meant to be broken so we'll see but it's stacked up against it because on the other side yeah a lot of heritage is on that side a lot of heritage and a lot of good teams but bro i can't lie if nafti make the final and i hope that they do don't rule them out because they've been one of the best teams in Europe. Right. If, they, they, if they get to the final year, they, will, they deserve it. It's they deserved. will fight till the end. It will be an amazing final. Like, in that Madrid final, it will be amazing. Very amazing. Even in that Man City final or in that Bayern Munich final. The reason why I love that final as well, because if Napoli win, that'll be, what, Italy's first Champions League in 13 years. Um, players like Kvitschka, players like Osimhen, players like Kiminde, they've they will automatically make themselves legends in the Italian game. And the thing is, we were, we've been speaking about this for a long time where we were talk about the Super League. We want the other leagues to rise up. Shit like this will automatically make leagues rise up because, bro, in Nigeria, they're going to start loving Napoli. In Korea, they're going to start loving Napoli. In Georgia, they're going to start loving Napoli. So for me, I wouldn't mind Napoli winning it. Players like yeah, Kivishka, I mean, Oshiman, I would love for them oh, to become instant, day, instant oh yeah, legends. Well, like for me, yeah, like at first I was like, Yeah, we need to rise up here, but due to the racism, I'm thinking, Fuck these man, bro. Like, we need we need, we need league on to rise up for him. In, in an ideal world, yes, yes, league on should be the league that's rising up in an ideal world. I yeah. agree with that, yeah, because um, their team's the only league outside of England or Germany whereby they tone down the racism. Obviously, they're still racist societies, don't get twisted. France is still racist, but in the stadiums, they've toned it down in it, it's not in your face, fam. Spain, Italy. Portugal, it's, like it's, you saw in your face, from like relax. It's very man. overt. It's very yeah, overt. Very overt, from like, at least in England, Germany, and France. Yeah, it's covert and it? it's under wraps in the stadium. So I mean, it. We're, we're not condoning it, by the way. You man, we're, we're not condoning it. We're just comparing it. There's levels in it. Like Spain, Italy, yeah, they take it over the top. They take the piss, burning effigies and all, all that nasty shit, bro. Like it's gonna be racist. You're toning the fuck down, bro. Like this is why <laughs> this is why no one's buying your product, fam. You see what La Liga have done to Vinny Jr. And which is which which for me is, is so crazy because La Liga should be treating Vinny as the next big superstar. They should be giving him that superstar treatment, but they want to bring him down. Like that's just for me the perfect example. And it's just so silly. Deeper, if we're going, if 
Premier League was going through the same crisis that La Liga was going through. We had two big superstars that dominated our league for 10 plus years. And then all of a sudden they both left. And you have a player like Vinny. I like the Premier League will be bigging him up, pushing him. Look at what Serie A are doing with Ossiman and Kavash Gale. That's what La Liga need to be doing with Vinny Jr. But it's peak and it's silly, man. Yeah, but, but hopefully, um, on, on a side note, Ligue 1 is going down to 18 teams next season. So hopefully that reform is could help them. But Ligue 1's financial problems in the recent years is down to Macron being a prick. Like, cancelled the league season and didn't build them up because the TV companies refused to pay out the, the amount of the money. So well and truly, it's, it's the French government's fault. Why, why Ligue 1 suffering as much? Well, as Fre- French government and then also the French League for gambling, for going with me- uh, Media Pro. That was a gamble that flop completely although at the time it was a calculated gamble but teams have lost bare money because of it but look let's see let's see what happens because if three four years ago I told you that we'd have the most teams in the Champions League would be Italian you'd have told me that that would never happen and it's happened now so look you never know football changes quickly in two three years we might have three French teams look, I doubt it I need to to replace um, Bundesliga as the top three man or top four, bro. Like, Bundesliga is a disgrace, man. I need to be going to at least be above Bundesliga in, in terms of performance in Europe. Well, the other teams need to pattern up them because we can say, as much as we want to say Bundesliga is a disgrace, they had Bayern, Frankfurt and Dortmund in the knockout stages and Dortmund took Chelsea to the second leg. And look, who knocked out PSG? The best team in Germany. So, look, mm-hmm. Lingard need to get there by merit. <laughs> they need to get... For them, it's an, it's an investment problem, man. Investment problem. Like, they need a second team to challenge PSG. Imagine Marseille got big bucks now, man. That league would be amazing. Come on, yeah. hate each other. Yeah. They could sell that every season. They could. And also Marseille, the only French teams that have won the Champions League. There you go. So they have so they have it. But now like on the topic of Champions League, let's go, let's go back to the Prem and chat about the top four race. And we need to start with Spurs, bro. Conte's rant. He's still not sacked yet. I feel like they're trying oh, yeah. to talk. Apparently, apparently, um, uh, hearing whispers and shit from what I've been reading on Twitter basically him getting to four last season year entitled him to triggering an extension yeah I saw that so basically he wants that extension money on top of them sacking him now so he's just t- basically what he did to Chelsea yeah, he's trying to do to, he's trying to do to Spurs and that's why they're in deadlock otherwise he'd been gone by now and secondly I can't I- lie wait 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 I can't lie if those rumours are true Spurs only have the, themselves to blame because deep what you just said, what he did to Chelsea trying to do to Spurs. Why why would Spurs give a fiery manager the opportunity to potentially put them in that put them in that situation? Spurs Spurs need to hold that in my personal opinion. Yeah. If so, they, he's already done it before, so they need they need to hold it in my opinion. And, and secondly, if, if it if it's true. Yeah, if it's, also, and secondly, Tushu was their main choice, but Bayern came in and suited him straight away. So that's why things are now in up in the air and they and they don't know what to do right now. But yeah, but with Tuchel, that's that's yeah, like Bayern came and swooped in. But let's be honest, between Bayern and Spurs, who do you think a German manager is going to go to? Let's be real. Tuchel been feeling for that Bayern job, even ever since he was a Dortmund fan. So, so for me, that's not an excuse because, but but, 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 I'm a Spurs fan, I'm livid because Conte has literally self sabotaged Spurs this season. There's no reason why your Spurs shouldn't be comfy fourth place right now. Clear from Newcastle and, and Liverpool. Well and at, at this present at this present point in time, I agree there's no reason why Spurs shouldn't be clear top four. And I'll be pissed off at Conte for sabotaging the season. However, players need to take responsibility. I'm so and I'm like Yes, let's blame Conte. Let's blame Conte. He he hasn't lived up to the expectation that I had of him. Everything that you predicted would happen has happened. However, I'm very sorry. The players need to take as much, if not more, responsibility than Conte. Son went from one of the highest goal scorers on the last day was between him and Salah for Golden Boot last year. So only scoring what six, seven goals this season. Uh, I'm no, sorry. Actually, no, I'm let, so- let me count properly. So you got three against Leicester. You start probably one against Fulham. No, has one against. Palace has one against Palace. Yeah, he got a couple recently. But look, it's it, he's not in double digits. Forget count, he's not in double digits. That's not Conte's fault. That's his fault. Richarlison has zero goals. Yes, you can say Conte shouldn't have spent 50 million, but Nana, zero goals. When much? 
It's April oh. next. It's, it's April next Saturday, bro. Oh, it's so April. Yeah, he has one goal, all comps. And that was in Champions League against Marseille. So, I'm sorry. That is not Antonio uh, also, Conte's fault. Kulizeski's been underwhelming this season as well. To be fair, injuries have shaked him. So, that's... That, that one, he's been underwhelming, but how, look at how long he was out for and he got rushed back. And then Bentanko, yes, I, I agree, a system should not rely heavily on one player, but look at the difference in Spurs when Bentanko was there and when he wasn't there. So look, Conte, I agree, like every insult that you want to give towards Conte, I agree with, but I feel like we also need to have a word with these players because, bro, if it wasn't for Harry Kane, Spurs would be bottom half. And I'm not talking about take his goals away. I'm talking about the quality that the players have displayed because this is the biggest one-man carry job that I've seen for a while. He's single, he single-handedly drags Spurs to top four. Six deeper, he has 21 goals. He's been having a mad season. The only reason why he's not seen as mad is because of uh, Erling Haaland. And he's, <laughs> and he's dragged Spurs to top four. The other players, Son, if his walk... Like, Actually, let me check Spurs here. Who's the nearest... Second, who has the second most goals in this in this first team? Fam? Let me just quickly just. So for me, yeah, con, con, that's why for me Conte's van those some oh, aspects wow. of it. Well, basically, first top scorer is Kane has been twenty one goals. Second, second? Scorer, Son with six goals. You see, I, I was nice with seven. Um, Bent Uncle third with five. Another player that I just mentioned how important he is to Spurs. Hoybier's four five score high score with four goals. So we and have two fifth with two. So you're telling me first is your striker, second, which is an underwhelming number, is your winger, and then third and fourth are two central midfielders, and fifth is a left centre back and a left now, back. Basically, um, how many players are tied for fifth high score? Ben Davies, Kulisevsky, Emerson, Eric Dyer, and Sesson Young, all on two each. And the only, the only player who's a forward there is Kulisevsky. Everyone else, if you look at the positions, are defensive players. So this is why it looked for me, Conte, his rant. I felt like, yes, there was one aspect of it where, look, you need to take accountability. Some of it is your fault. It, the players that you bought, the lack of rotation, that's your fault. But when he's getting onto the players, he's 100% right. And the players need to hear that because, bro, look at what you just read out. I'm sorry. Sometimes players need to, they're the ones on the pitch. They need to take responsibility. And I feel like in this day and age, we let players have a right. If something mm-hmm. goes wrong, deeper with Chelsea, if something goes wrong, Potter. Liverpool, something goes wrong. Lot. Sometimes with Arsenal, something goes wrong. Arteta. And I'm not saying it's not like went wrong by doing that. But sometimes we also need to be like, why did this player play crap? Why do he... players also need to take responsibility? So with Spurs and with that run, I'm actually happy that it happened because I think players get away with murder now. I, so I, I enjoyed it here because you just, you just retweeted everything about Spurs from 20 years, no trophy. Like, he was going in, bro. Like, Basically, like, Conte does not respect Spurs from, and that's why I lost Could he you. Uh, for me, I don't care if respect Spurs or not yet, but he's the same prick who, who went away from Inter. He went into said, oh, um, finances are going to be a bit tight here, but you should have enough to compete for Serie A. And he ran away, like, like say he was going to do anything in Champions League anyway. That's why that's my last ratings for Conte, fam. I was like, you're taking a piss here, fam. You're a comfort Inter Milan. You have a better squad than majority of the league. If Inter say, oh, finances are going to be tight for a year or two or a few seasons here, you should be comfortable thinking, you know what, I can still win Serie A with, with what I have. But he ran away thinking that he needed more investment to do something in Champions League fam. When you you don't fuck with Champions League and Simone Zanga, you had better your 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 Champions League performances. So that's where I lost sympathy, I lost sympathy for Conte fam. He ran away from Inter to Spurs. Like, what do you expect? Well and truly. In that you know, in that aspect, no, I do, I do I do fully agree, hundred percent in that aspect. But what what you said. <laughs> What you said about his run reiterated everything about Spurs. It, it's actually so true. Yeah, there was no, everyone knows it. It's just that we we allowed the English media to gaslight us for the past five years to spy Arsenal fans, and, and now Spurs fans are like, "Oh shit, shit ain't sweet." Well, duh. Like when you see the media, what kissing your ass here because they hate Arsenal fans. Now Arsenal are good. The media don't give a fuck about Spurs no more. Uh, have you heard about power shift nonsense anymore, fam? That shit died in October, fam. When we battered them at Emirates, fam. It never died because it was and it was never born. It was just one of or just one of those clickbait things. But look, Spurs, they top four should be in their hands. Even though yes, I know Newcastle have game in hands and the point advantage. Spurs over have them. to go to St. James's Park. United have to go to um Wild Lane and Liverpool and Spurs have to go to Anfield fam. So we're looking to peak for Spurs right now. 
well, with, with those three games, it's peak for them. But then if you also tie in the fact that, yes, Newcastle won the last two games, but they love joy and Liverpool can't win away from home and half of their games are away from home. That is why it should be... The game is Spurs is Anfield, but I get where you're coming from. Just that right now, yeah. That that risk before thing is literally battle of the bums right now, okay. But the thing <laughs> is, but the thing, but the thing is, that's what the top four race has been for a while. See, it's been like that since 2017. Because um, when I'll you say guys... nah, it was, it's been like that before that. Forget the points. If when you have time, go and look at what both teams were doing in the running. Then we were both dropping silly points in the running. Then, mm. despite how, to be fair, a high point Sally was due to our having a very good first half of the season because remember, we had you guys had like 13 wins in the first half of the season we had 12 yeah. and we're separated by three points something like that so so both, that's why we had both, both of us had a shocking success of the season to be fair yeah, you guys went like a whole month without winning from yeah January yeah after, um, after beating City in New Year's Eve exactly like, and I feel and I feel like the last time the top four where it was in the Battle of the Bombs was probably when Benitez was here. If, if, if we're keeping it a stack or when Harry Redknapp made Champions League for the first time, that was probably the last time. Maybe 20, top four. 2014, when Arsenal came fourth with 17 points. I can't lie, you can't. It, that's it. I hear that, but a team that comes fourth that loses 6 3 and 5 1 in the season, that's for me. If <laughs> no, no, like I'm not even trying to, yeah, I'm not even trying to, yeah, I'm not even trying to yeah. get, get at Arsenal. I just feel like this whole. Battle of the bombs. I agree with you. It is a battle of the bombs. I'm not even trying to deny it, but it's been like that for a while. Mm-hmm. And these teams need to fix up. I'm so sorry. The amount of money that's been spent, bummy performances in the league is unacceptable. I'm so I'm not allowing these teams to get away with being bummy. Yes, it's the norm, but Liverpool should be disgraced. Spurs should be disgraced. The only team in that side that shouldn't be disgraced is Newcastle. Yeah, because but Newcastle, like start season year, we were saying Conference League would be an amazing season for exactly. And one team that slept on, even though I don't think they'll make it, Brighton. Yeah. If Liverpool if on the top four race and Brighton on the top four race, if you look at the if you look at the point tally. So, but, but, but I think for Brighton, yeah, they should really focus on securing Conference League at the bare minimum. I don't, I don't think they're looking at Champions League, but I feel like out of those four teams, we could potentially get it mathematically. Newcastle and Brighton. Oh yeah, but Brighton could still get sixth, you know. I'm just deep yeah. because mathematically, you guys' so, away form is that Bolton, Brighton. Yeah. I'm more consistent, you guys. So, and we're like, would you rather conference league or just come eighth? Eighth, <laughs> eighth. I'd, I'd, I'd rather not be in Europe. Eighth, but look, I'm not even going to get get on to Liverpool. All I'm going to say is we have six away games. One is against City, and we won three all season. That if we don't make top four, that's going to be the reason. Yeah, hundred percent. If we make top four, you need at least eight away wins minimum. In my opinion, if you want to make top four, we need. For for me, eight wins, two losses, or eight eight wins, one draw, one loss. The only two games I'm comfortable dropping points are the top two. Every other game, I don't want to hear any excuses from personally. If you want to make top four, it that I mean. But but you guys' main problem is you're away from home. When you concede first, you guys don't seem to have enough to get back. We haven't won a we haven't won a game that we conceded first away from home. That's we haven't won a we haven't won a game. We've only drawn one game and lost the rest. And well and truly, that's down to your lack of physicality in midfield. Because when you're chasing games away from home, you need legs. You need legs. You need legs. You also need quality. But look, that's that's the reason. But let's let's see how this top four race goes. Because like you said, it's it's the battle of the bombs. I'm not even going to look at fixtures. But I feel like all three teams have shown that they can win on the day. But they yeah. can also lose on yeah, the day. So looking at fixtures, I can't give leeway to because they've been thrusted into this top four race. Well and truly, they though they definitely deserve leeway because no one expected them to be here. Yeah. But for them to even be in the conversation is amazing, and I feel like that bodes well for them next season. So don't get it twisted. Newcastle are going to be here again next no, season. I want to lie, you. They, they went into a few bombs though. McTominay from like they didn't they didn't allow this one. If they want to become is triple drawn at the top end, G like. No, I fully agree. But look, let's 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 see what happens. We've, we've seen in recent years that these ITKs might report something and all of a sudden a deal gets done in five minutes. When I mean five minutes, obviously it doesn't take five minutes, but we know about it in five minutes. So look, from my point of view, I hope they get McTominay. Because if they get McTominay, yeah, yeah. Then Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe ain't the one. He's the Marquis before the Mancini in it. So I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, but but, what are we saying? Bro, 
we have eight teams separated by four points. This is going to be an all-time relegation battle. And I feel like this last 10 games, this is going to be the best last 10 games of the Premier League because we have the top two teams going for it. United are basically there. We have four teams going for the Champions League and we have eight teams trying to stay up. So that's what, 16? You have three races. That No, but that's 16 teams that have... Something to play for. Something to play for. So that means almost every game is going to be explosive. If not, every game is going to be explosive. But this relegation bar, Barca Southampton, I don't know who's going to go down because I feel like we can make a case for every yeah, single team. We could have got for showing that they got some pieces there. They got a functional attack that could get them points. Um, Everton, Sean Dyche factor. Nottingham Forest, their home form could save them. And Palace, their defense is better than their attack. Um, on paper, Wolves, um, Leicester, and West Ham all have good enough players yeah. that should keep them up. On well, paper, Leeds, though, yeah, Leeds can't defend to save their lives, which is their main problem. Like scoring, it's not really a problem for Leeds. But it's defending that's a problem. Like they're so bad, and also they gas out early. Their fitness is so bad. Well, often people haven't noticed about Leeds yet. Their fitness is actually poor. They gas out very quickly. So yeah, it's, it's like basically outside of Hampton, yeah. If, if any other two teams is joining me, you wouldn't be surprised. You'd be like, yeah, fair enough. I wouldn't be surprised. And I feel like there's a collection of decent players that a lot of teams can pick up if these teams go down. But I feel like with Wolves, with Leicester, and with West Ham, especially West Ham and Wolves, those two teams would be really embarrassed of themselves because of the amount of money and the players that they picked up. They should be nowhere near this position because at all. This is a disgrace. And, with Leicester and West Ham, yeah, moves here. Yeah, it's all down to lack of managerial quality at the start of the season. So, at the start of the season, yeah, um, um, Bruno Large was stinking it up. Moyes has been stinking up all season. Brendan Rodgers been trying to get himself sacked in certain periods. So, I think up, I yeah. think Moyes is doing the worst out of those three. Yeah, yeah because he well, he spent 160 more in it, and he's struggling to piece this it together. Is, this is the most West Ham have spent in the summer. Lucas Paqueta has been a unanimous flop. He's not been using Ian Lucas Gamaka. At least with Brendan Rodgers, they only bought one player in the summer and they, they sold players. So he had his hands tied a little bit. And Bruno Large got sacked. Moyes has been here for the whole season. And as we speak, West Ham are 18. They're, on, they're in the relegation zone as we speak. 24 points. That's embarrassing. No, like, if they go down, you're yeah, cheeky cut price for Declan Rice. Bro, if they go down, Declan Rice are. Again, I'll take my Liverpool straight. We have a centre back price. Again, it's also from him, so I'm sure they want a gig from the injury prone. <laughs> yeah, we should stay for if he's injury prone, stay far away from that, innit? But nah, there's like you just mentioned that there's so many players that if these teams go down, there's a lot of players that can be picked up from give or take almost every team. But oh yeah, hundred like Southampton, you love you. Hey, they are. Like Levy's gonna balance the books of Southampton this summer. <laughs> yeah, Lavia La- 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 definitely will. I think Will Prowse will get a move as well. They'll make milk him too. No, but... like, I feel like Will Prowse is gonna stay. You know, like one man club. I think he will stay with them in the championship. I respect it. If they, if 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 he can bring them back up, I'll I'll respect. No, I'm gonna like let's be honest here. Will Prowse here, which te- the teams that are what teams are aspiring to be here? Will Prowse does not fit in, bro. He doesn't fit in, but he will be useful. Yeah, it could be a Scorpio for, for, for West Ham or for... Uh, Brentford. Leicester. Imagine imagine Ward Prowse at Brentford. Useful. Because he's, yeah, he's a lot more taken than the midfield options at the moment. You know how Brentford are very good from set pieces. You just have another, a better set piece taker. But... No, like, they, we should not allow that to happen, bro. Ward Prowse, <laughs> God forbid. Like, Tony, Tony is only a nuisance, bro. For set pieces. And you got Ward Prowse whipping in, bro. God forbid, bro. bro. You can see the free kick from the right or from the nah, left. Nah, nah, nah. That cannot be allowed to happen, fam. No way. No way, bro. You're nah. thinking, nah, fuck that. I'm just deep in it, fam. What the fuck? Well, Prowse whipping in crosses for Tony, fam. Nah, that, that, that cannot be allowed, bro. For Tony, for Pitted, for Norgard, for all those tall Scandinavian Donnies that they have for the mission. Nah, for Yan. Nah, we don't need that. We don't, we don't need, need that. that nah, nah. <laughs> Brentford away is already a hard game, bro. We don't need to have more bullshit, fam. I'm yeah, sorry. Brentford Brentford already long to play against. We don't need to we don't need to give Thomas Frank more more weapons. But but look, that's just one example of how a player can make one of the teams that stays up a lot better. Like yeah. 
the quality in these relegation battling teams is ridiculous. Like the quality of this Premier League, it's just been getting better. The ever since Conte has come, it's just been getting better. Right. Obviously, like money's a money. Everyone has money now, so now yeah, the equalizer is how good your coach is, willing truly. Yeah, and your scouting network. Yeah, so that's 100%. what separates. That's that's what separates everyone now. Back in the day, it was money, money money separated everyone. Now everyone has money. It's the quality of coaching and quality of recruitment that's now separating the best from the worst, and this is the real Super League, and this is the real Super League. But that'll be another thing that might affect this relegation battle, because now Crystal Palace got rid of Patrick Vieira. You might agree with it, you might disagree with it. I agreed with it. The only thing I disagreed with was getting rid of him for Roy for Roy yeah. Hodgson. Like, like, I, th- I think I think there was not. Yeah, this March is free or just keep Patrick Vieira. I feel like keeping Patrick Vieira was better than getting Roy Hodgson. Um, what's it called? L- Lopetegui. He's a good manager, but he just needs to make sure he survives this relegation. He needs battle. to get all scoring, bro. That's that's what he needs to get. Because they have too many bums up top, man. Like, 50 mil on um, Cunha and he's only scored one goal. The market yeah. is cooked. Yeah, that, look, that, that, that's that's what I mean. Like, scouting network and coaching, those, those are the two things that have teams at the top or at the bottom. Because, bro, 50 million on Cunha. That 15 million could have been spent more wisely. Even look at West Ham. They have Jan Lucas Kamaka. If Kamaka was under a better coach, I don't think he would have had the season that he had. Yes, granted, he's been injured. But me personally, I don't think Antonio is better than Kamaka. If I'm a coach, I'm not playing Antonio over Skamaka, no, personally. 100%. I don't think a lot of players, a lot of coaches are. So look, I'm I'm really looking forward to the Premier League coming back because I feel like these final 10 games are going to be one of the best 10 game weeks we've seen in the Premier League. Every game matters. Every single game. Yeah. Fingers crossed yeah. I get Saka trophy picks, man. Fingers crossed. Well, you're definitely going to get a sort of trophy because he's he's going to win Young Player of the Year. I feel like out of all the awards, I think that's the only one that's Wait, a shoe in. has already been propping from. Garnica even said that Saka should be going for, should win Player of the Year from. Also, Garnica gets a vote as a former player. So, he's already started his propaganda. No, I, I feel like in terms of nominees for player of the year for me Saka is definitely there and yeah, Saka, Saka should be one of the players that should win it for me there's only there should only be three players that should win it if these players one of these three players win it I will be completely satisfied Odegaard Bukaya Saka Erling Haaland for me those okay. are the only three players that should win it the other three nominees Harry Kane should get nominated um I feel like Rodri should get nominated. I feel like he he deserves some recognition. Yeah. I feel like after Haaland, he's been City's best player. And whoever they want to give it for the sixth one, probably Marcus Rashford. I'll say those are the six nominees. But it should be between those three players for player of the season. And yeah. the young player of the season, for me, is Bukaya Saka. Right. Like, you know that Haaland also qualifies young player of the year? Well, if Haaland, if Haaland qualifies, then it's between those two. Yeah. They, they need to change those rules. But look, those two... Saliba, those are the three players for young player of the year that should be getting it. But look, it's I'm gassed, even though we're crap at the minute and we might not make top four. I feel like we're in for an all timer end to the Premier League season, and I cannot wait. But guys, this has been another episode of Views from the Box. Take care.